Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about our wet boys for this week. We're also talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and what's wrong with them, because that sink, or that ship might be that <laughs> ship might be sinking. Uh, we're also talking about Ja out in Philly, what they should do with Julio Okafor. And then finally, we're going to be wrapping it up and talking about the Orlando Magic and really talking about their run so far and whether it is for real. We talked a little bit about it in Oakley's or Folkley's last week, but this team has been red hot. They've still been keeping it up, so we got to talk them in their own segment. So let's jump into our wet boys, though. We're talking about some wet boys, some damp dudes, some soggy shooters, all yep. that jazz. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> it, 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 it's whatever. You get the point. You get the point. But, Dave, looking at your wet boy, who is your wet boy of the week? I mean, my wet boy this week is Ben Simmons. It's the process. you got to trust it. And, honestly, he has looked so damn good. He's looked better than Joel Embiid. He has. And the upside is he's involved in the game. Like, the ball in his hands at almost all times. That offense runs. If that man learns to shoot, it's the same thing. It's scary. He's putting up, like, 29, he, he, 9, his, and 2 steals shot a night. shot is decent. It's pretty he good. He had a couple jumpers that looked pretty decent yeah, last, he, uh, his last game. It, it, in in it short seconds, It yeah. was against Atlanta. True. But still, I mean, there was that one. There was two times that he went uh, to the right side of the basket, threw up a, a run and hook shot, and, yeah. and, and threw it he, in. It was he pretty is silky sweet. smooth near the net. I'm I just, love it. I'm he, just saying, and the, the jumper's not looking bad. He's been popping off, and uh, that's why he is my wet boy of the week. Of the week. And there we go. All right, my wet boy is actually a whole team. The Phoenix Suns, four and one since firing Earl Watson and just sending, uh, you know, uh, our boy Eric Bledsoe to the shadow realm. Yep. Just getting rid of him. There are so no whole, rules here. You're, you're nominating an entire team. The whole, whole the whole team is the whole team getting because I can't pick between Dev Book and I can't pick between T.J. Warren. But even then, Mike James is popping off for twenty <laughs> uh, in, in a game. Four and one. Yeah, they got wins over uh, Sacramento. Not a big deal. They got a win over Utah, and Utah's like pretty decent this year. Yeah. Uh, only lost by seven to to Portland, which is probably a win for them. Honestly, that's like, pretty it's much not a win on the on the actual schedule, but it's but a right win, here it's, it's a, a win, win in the heart. Yeah. And then also they get a win over the Wizards, which was super shocking. Where T.J. Warren dropped forty, and he was extremely efficient from the field when he did it as well. And yeah. T.J. Warren in the past three games has been on fire, fifty nine percent. From the field, 76 from the line, not that impressive, but nine rebounds per game and then dropping 24. He's been fantastic. And Deb Book has been fantastic as well. Uh, looking at over his three past three games, he's been just lighting it up as well, dropping 29.3 points per game and shooting 54% from three. That's the scary thing is the efficiency. Mm-hmm. The efficiency is there. Has been there for Deb Book. I don't know how to explain this team. The f- um, they're getting lucky. They're getting lucky. They're getting lucky. That's yep. probably all about it. We're not going to be talking about the Phoenix Suns probably a little bit more. <laughs> I don't no. think we're going to talk about it. Next week we're going to have a talk, uh, talk about the whether the Phoenix Suns are legit or not. Oh, God. Um, but still, I mean, it's it's been fun, and, and we'll see what happens if they move Eric Bledsoe. There's some, some talk about uh, Reggie Jackson being moved there, but they don't even want Reggie Jackson. They're saying they're going to ship Bledsoe to Detroit, uh, and they want to bring a third team to take in Reggie Jackson. So Reggie Jackson's not even wanted Trash the Phoenix Suns. Trash-ass contract. Um, but, hey, Phoenix Suns have been looking good. Big shout-out to yep. Them, they've been looking decent. But anyways, we're going to jump into our first segment of the week, and the Cleveland Cavaliers have been bad. The three Just a little. Three and five start to start this season with four straight losses to Indiana last night, and that was a bad fourth quarter collapse for them. New York beat them 114-95, which is just ridiculous. New Orleans beat them 123-101, yep. and Brooklyn beat them 112-107. So it's not like they're losing to the San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, the Oklahoma City Thunders, the Boston Celtics of the world. And they're remember, losing to Brooklyn, New Orleans. That was Orleans. Brooklyn without even Jeremy Lin. Yeah, New York nope. with just KP <laughs> yep. and Indiana. I mean, this has been ridiculous. I mean, how much trouble, if the Cavs are in trouble, how much trouble are the Cavs? I mean, I don't even know how to quantify it at this point because at, it's a dumpster fire. And from it? all sides... I mean, it's, it's, four, it's four straight games. LeBron's Last playing 37 minutes a game right now. I'm not saying that's 
good. That's horrible. There are three players on that team who are averaging more than 10 points. But at least on the floor. I mean, like, it, it could be a rough start. Or it, do you think it's, this is, like, a sign for worse problems down the line? The only thing you have to hang your hat on is that Isaiah Thomas will be coming back in, like, January probably. Mm-hmm. And at least he knows how to run an offense. The, the biggest problem here is there, there's no coach. There's no goddamn coach. Like, I'm watching a team of personalities and individual players, but there is no rhythm. There's no momentum. There's no shot calling. There's no logic to this team right now. And what I had expected this year was, great, we've got a bunch of guys who can run iso ball. You don't need to set up all these plays for them. Just let them play. Let them be natural. That would work with Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is in their current state, they need more coaching to actually hit that level of confidence because they came out the gates and got slapped upside the head. Like, this is a team staggering and looking for direction, and there is none around. And what exactly, what, what, what direction should they be pushed in? At least I mean, you should fire your coach. So you, you think that Ty Lue should be canned right now? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that Dan and, and Black what, got fired for, like, winning, like, what, 31 games? Yeah, it was something like that. He, I think he, they were they had a great winning record, yeah. yeah. And then they fired him. Tyler yep. obviously came in and, and then yeah, yeah. Led so you, the ship you to need a, someone other than like LeBron's buddy who's just going to keep his mouth shut. Being the co- you need an actual coach. So what? I hate to say it. If have you looked in exactly like who they should bring in? I mean, because that's something now like you can say, oh, they should fire their coach, and that's all well and good. But like, yeah. who are they going to bring in exactly to be this coach to lead them? Because this isn't a team that you could just take over midseason and it's like, oh, you know, we expect you just to you know make the playoffs or win yeah, no, know, thirty no. games. The expectations are. Team. Yeah. So what kind of coaches out there in your mind that you need to bring in? Because obviously you're th- thinking more of an authoritarian kind of guy, a guy that's not going to take shit, a guy that can really, you know, maintain yeah. superstars. <laughs> I think your mind's going to Phil Jackson. Yeah, dude, but, I couldn't even say so like, you know who would work. But in actuality, is there anyone in your mind that you think they need to go out and get exactly? Or is it just you need to change cultures? Uh, you just need a change of cultures. I mean, we saw you, you bragged on your wet boy of the week, the entire Phoenix Suns team, by changing a coach. The entire team changed what they did. I don't think Jay Triano's anything. I don't think no, you no. look at Jay Triano. It's not, it's not what the coach does. It's what firing the coach sends a message about. But that's about. five games. And that's it's, five. It's five games, and I don't think... You know, I, I feel like this is more... It, Literally it's, removing Tyloo off the team... Versus having him there. Do you think there's any impact of Ty Lue being there? Do you think there's any bonuses he gives this team? I think the one thing is is that, at least looking at this, and I think I said it when we talked about this with Ricky, uh, talking about D-Wade's buyout, Mm. um, is the fact that they are just accumulating talent right now, and they're not bringing anything cohesive to the plate right now. And you look at that, there's nothing cohesive about this Cleveland Cavaliers team. You look at offensively, it's LeBron James, and LeBron's going to pass it to whoever's open. They're going to run pick and roll. They're going to try to find the open shooter. That's all they're doing. They're running no sets at all. They're just running pick and rolls. LeBron's trying to create something. He's doing as much as he can. But then again, you look at defensively, there's nothing there. I mean, there's a lack of trying out there. And I think you you need a culture change. But I don't think Ty Lue is, is getting rid of them right now is going to be the guy that, you know, is really going to be, you know, the, the true thing. I think there needs to be a message sent, but I don't know if you need to send it right now. And I also don't know if Tyloo is the right scapegoat because, then again, there's not a lot of guys out there. I, I feel like, you know... Uh, yeah, what the weird thing is, is going into the year, no coaching changes had been made. Like, mm-hmm. it was the first year in, I forget how long, like 30 years or something ridiculous, where we had an off season where no coaches were fired. And then right off the bat, the Suns obviously have let go of their head coach. I believe Tyloo provides zero value to this team. I, I think that there is literally... I think he brings locker room value, but that's about it. Yeah, I totally... I, I, you, you, I, don't, I don't think the Cavs players dislike Ty Lue. No. I, I feel like they like Ty Lue, so I feel like there's at least... You can there's like at least your head the, coach, but he doesn't bring value to the team. He doesn't but have I, I any think that's other... ridiculous. I, I, think, I think he does bring something to at least a morality aspect. I think he does at least have an understanding of the game. I, I don't think he brings anything offensively or defensively. I don't think he brings anything in sets and play designs. But then again... If you have the figure coach in, in Ty Lue, I think you need to at least surround him with better assistant coaches and, and guys like that. And maybe that's where the changes need to be made, not really with Ty Lue, because I feel like the players like Ty Lue. And if you get rid of Ty Lue alongside of just completely struggling, I feel like that might you know alienate players a little bit more than just you know changing cultures. There, there is the potential for that. I mean, it, it could always backfire and turn into you know. Their best friend got fired from his job, and you know now we got this new guy coming who's going to tell us how to run our team. To what? LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, like J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. None of these guys give a fuck. 
Like no. that, go like a coach walks in the door. Like, I don't even know. Just mystery coach. Anybody beyond like literally Phil Jackson. Vinny Del Negro. Oh my Let's god. Let's just throw out Vinny D. That's an awful. But like, awful. Look, say Vinny Del Negro comes in. And he says, I can't, "Hey, LeBron, can we bring back, we're gonna like, we're gonna run, we're gonna run." Can we some go horns. Jeff Van Gundy or something like. Jeff Van Gundy's not leaving his job. I mean, that's like the whole Gruden shit. Gruden's not leaving his job at Monday Night I'm, Football. I'm literally Jeff just Van trying Gundy's to think of a leaving. coach who's available who has coaching experience. Vinny Del Negro has coaching experience. But I'm just saying, I'm using him as an option. Coaching anybody, experience. Yes. Anybody. He, he went to the playoffs, I think, once. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. But, the, like... The point is, is... If I think anyone comes in, you're gonna... You're, they're not gonna listen to him. And that's why I think an assistant coach is a better change, because they're at least gonna, hopefully, listen to it. And I think the biggest change that needs to be made mm-hmm. is LeBron needs to realize that they need to at least step up their play on the court, and he needs to be more of a vocal leader. Because they're not gonna listen to Ty Lue. I don't think that's, right. a, that's the thing. I think they'll no, listen they listen to him in a way, like, you know, like, I, they'll take some advice room, but if LeBron's saying like, hey, they know that LeBron has the power to kick him off the team. Yeah, uh, We saw this with you know, Tr- you know Tristan Thompson where they, he had the ability to keep him on the team and now he's going to be out for a month, which yeah. is probably going to hurt them as well. Um, but I feel like there's so much talent on this team for them not to be bad. I think it's just got to be a, a small culture change and see what happens. Because again, the talent on this team could beat the teams that they're being. I mean, they're, they they're more talented than Brooklyn. They should. Uh, and that's what honestly confuses me because like J.R. Smith is struggling really badly, and it's pretty much uh, everybody's kind of pointing back to it started as soon as it picked up Dwayne Wade, and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm coming off the bench now. And you just saw him not care during games, and then when he did get time, it's hard to get back into a rhythm, and it's hard to get motivated again. So honestly, I think you have, if you're taking out a coaching change, which I believe is the quickest way to get a message across to this team. But do you think it's the most effective way? I do. I think that's the best option, and that's without even having a planned option of who it's going to be but just literally getting rid of Tyloo. Outside of that is what they need to do is start stretching out their minutes for other guys because you can't run 10 deep and let them all play like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you don't build continuity. You don't build any sort of teamwork for that. Like I, guys need to play with each other for much longer stretches. So what I'm looking for is LeBron to take his number down from 37 to like 35 and then to cut some minutes from these bottom tier guys. And I know with injuries, it's hard yeah. to mix these up. But, like, honestly, you do need to get a standard first unit and a standard second unit and let them build continuity together. But going off that, I mean, uh, D-Rose obviously missed uh, a couple games due to an injury. He's only played four. You look at Jose Calderon, he's only played six games. Shup's only played six games. Channing Fry seven games. Zizek, uh, three games. Ozman five games. I mean, they're not going deep into this bench. I mean, No, not... but, I mean, if you look, literally, they're, no, yeah. what, uh, I mean, their 10th starter averages 18.2 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is they're, on not, the they're, not giving, yeah. they're not giving enough time to all the players. You know, they're not using proper rotation. Yeah, and that's, again, it comes down to fundamental coaching, I feel. Mm-hmm. That's I'm like, if they need to... But he's done it before, and that's the thing. that I, I don't think it's something... I think it's something that there's going to be growing pains, and there's growing pains with every team. It's just, right. I think it's severe just because it's... Learning the how to use an ISO-driven team, though, when you have players like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade... And obviously, this is not Dwayne Wade even of last year. This is even more diminished Dwayne Wade. Which oh, is, who called it? I mean, it's it, it. you have to see it to believe it. Called it. You can say you called it, but there, he had no reason to believe that he would fall off this hard. No, I did. He's 37 years old with no knees. He's not 37. He's he, 36. He, he damn, won't be he, 37. He damn well could be 55 <laughs> years old. But that's the thing. So you have ISO guys. Your your biggest offensive weapon is still on the bench in, in Isaiah Thomas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to... Well, hold on. Offensive weapon. Isaiah Thomas is more of an offensive. Isaiah Thomas is more of an offensive weapon than LeBron James. LeBron James is the best player. I don't know. I think he's Isaiah the Thomas best averaged thirty weapon. points a game last year. Yeah, and LeBron is a twenty-five-seven-seven machine who's going to pass. Thirty people is higher open. than twenty-five. I'm just saying, like, like look, a scoring weapon. Yes, maybe. that's what I said. You said oh, you offensive. Said offensive. Oh weapon. my God, let's get over fucking semantics would, here. I'm just saying. Okay, you're right. I will give that. You are right. One I meant the, to say scoring. One is probably a generational offensive weapon. And then no, no, you just say generational talent. You can just stop at talent. Whatever. But the problem is we want to, I want to pull the court so quickly on this team because I see them struggle so hard against teams with half the talent. And at the same time, knowing that Isaiah Thomas is out there and will come back at the midpoint in this year, there's still hope. But even him coming back doesn't dramatically change the way this team needs to play. I, That's the difference. I just feel if you if you make a coaching change without a, a prior move and also just you know consulting everybody on the team, it could just oh, it completely demoralize the team. They've already had a team meeting of players only. I feel like this is something that's probably more relatable to 
um, Spolstra when they first brought the big three in Miami where they had the team meeting, like, yeah. you know, 10 games or whatever into the season. Same. And then they started turning it around. I feel like that is more of what's going on right now. They need to regroup as a team rather than completely, you know, start canning people. The and, difference and getting rid is... Of people. But if they are going to get rid of people, you got to look more on the bench um, and, and away from Lou than the guys. I'm not saying Lou's doing a great job, but I think that getting rid of Lou could really demoralize the team. And I, I like that you brought up Miami. And because of that, I want to nail down... In Miami, you had three superstars. Mm-hmm. We're, we're down to like one and a half superstars. I'd give Caleb a superstar. Caleb's is phenomenal. Caleb's like, been the um, Caleb's been great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. You want to give it two, two, whatever. The the difference is is your your core man who was literally like I don't know, I want to say the heart and soul of that Miami team was Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. and it was he was playing Superman whenever he needed to be. Whenever called on, he was there. This is a team where you have LeBron James, you have Caleb. And you have a broken Derrick Rose, uh, broken, he was injured for what, he already missed half, half the season, four games, right? Yeah, four games. Not half, half the season. season. Half the season. Four games sounds way better than I know. half the season. But the point is, is there's such a drop-off, and you don't have guys in their prime after that. You have J.R. Smith, who's slumping. You have Jay Crowder, who, great. I mean, he's been great for them. I have to admit, that's been awesome. Jeff Green came out of freaking nowhere. Don't know how he's that been, happened. He's been good. But then again, but, it doesn't solve their defensive problems. Well, Jeff Green's actually a decent defender. Like Jay Crowder's two, a decent those, defender. You those two are the only guys that have been decent saying, that's, defenders. That's it. I mean, <laughs> you just lost your one rim protector in Tristan Thompson. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm worried at least more about... So the, are you trying to pull the, the trigger effort? on some of these players then? No, I, I'm worried more about the effort, and, and the effort needs to step up, especially with Thompson Thompson mm-hmm. going down. So I, so I look at this and, you know, taking everything that you're saying about uh, Ty Lue, yeah. I think firing Ty Lue would be... I don't think he's exactly... I think there's something wrong with Ty Lue, but I think what's wrong with him could be fixed. And I feel like the you know, real problem is just the effort out on the court. And I feel like it could become a true problem if it's not fixed right away because if they do not fix this you know, mentality problem, they do not fix this effort problem, mm-hmm. this is just going to snowball and keep snowballing. And then teams are going to gain confidence against the Cavs, and the Cavs are just going to lose confidence. And you guys like D-Rose have gone through so many injuries before. They're just going to be completely down on themselves, even if they're playing great basketball, which he's not, really. He's he's, not been playing bad. He's been a decent scorer, but, I mean, they can't defend for shit. Um, But you look at, like, guys like LeBron, and then now people are going to get the idea of him creeping in about, oh, well, if we don't have a good season, LeBron's going to leave. And then that's going to lead to probably uncalculated mistakes. I feel like once by the end of November... If shit isn't right, you got so you to start more month. canning people. Or yeah. that one more month. It's been eight games. Eight games is enough to know a lot of things. But what we know is they're not trying, and you could fix that. Uh, is it, is like it effort, or is it a lack of direction? That's where that's where I come into. I, feel, I think it's a combination I, of both. I feel like it's it's more of a lack of effort out there because these guys have so much talent and while you know they are very offensively talented they don't have a lot of defense out there I feel like if they started giving a shit defensively mm-hmm. this team would be better I mean like it, I feel like I look at watching this team I feel like there's a lack of effort defensively and a lack of effort offensively I feel like there definitely needs to be more direction I, I completely agree with you that's why I'm saying fire the assistant head coaches and try to bring in <laughs> I try to bring in guys with, with a different fresh outlook out there instead of going after T. Lou because T. Lou's a guy that they like I get it. You want to protect because you're right. There, there is. I a feel like for a, LeBron needs to at least step up a little bit too, as well, and not his play on the okay, court, yeah, but at least say. at least as a leader. Because I haven't seen LeBron be a leader out there. He's been great on the floor, yeah. but I think he could do a little more in the locker room. That's fair. Anyways, That's fair. let us know what you think. What's wrong with the Cleveland Cavaliers down in the comments below? Do you think it's Dave's you know idea of firing Tyloo right away? Are you going to start? Are you going to make Ty Lue go to LinkedIn and check out more, you know, different jobs? What, Get stepped over one more time. Ty Lue's going to be on ZipRecruiter real soon, <laughs> according to Dave. Or are you on my side that this team just needs to step it off, of, you know, on the floor because they have so much damn talent that they should be better than, you know, three and five losing the Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks. But tell us in the comments what you think the Cavs should be doing. We're moving on to our next segment. And before we do, we just want to give a shout out to everybody on Blog Talk Radio because we forgot to do it. Yeah. To start the podcast, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for checking us out. I don't know if the new logo's up, but we did make a new logo, so you should be seeing that yeah. pretty dang some time. soon. And then also, a uh, big shout-out to everyone on iTunes. If you haven't checked us out on iTunes, please go rate our podcast, and also just go rate every Most Valuable Podcast. Rick and Johnny, The Onside Kick, Primetime Podcast, Fast Break. You don't even need to listen to them, to be honest, to actually rate them. We'll so just take the stars. If, if you could help us out, we'd greatly <laughs> appreciate it. Most Valuable Podcast on iTunes, and also Patreon.com slash Most Valuable Podcast. You saw the segment we did with Jake, the two segments that we did yeah. with Jake. 
uh, two weeks ago, and they were absolutely fun. We should have Jake back next month, and also Pat, who is a new patron. So head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. I would be fired if I didn't do that. I almost <laughs> didn't do that, so that's why we did it. And we are back here on YouTube, and we're back on Blog Talk Radio, going into our second segment, and we are talking about Jaleel Okafor, the Philadelphia 76ers decline his option, the last option. Shocker. So he is not going to be a Sixer next year, um, but there are now talks of possibly buying out Ja and, or, or also trading him. Yeah. So really, it's what is going to happen with Jaleel Okafor. And looking at all this, I mean, Ja is still very, very young, a top pick not too long ago. He's got talent, but he's you know, probably you know, in the wrong generation for that talent. But yeah. what do you think is going to happen with Julio Okafor either on the Sixers? Do you think he's going to get bought out? Do you think he's going to get traded? Do you think he's just going to be sitting for the rest of the season? What do you think is really the job move? I mean, up? best scenario for him would be a buyout, but they're not going to do that. This is the Sixers. Everything has value. The Colangelo's know that. Even though you won't get anywhere close to return on what you spent for Ja, you will still get something. The problem is, is they're, they're fighting themselves on whether they want to win games or let Ja play. And I do say that, not trying to be mean, not that Ja throws games, but like the Sixers this year are legitimately trying to make a run for the playoffs. And having Ja in there is a piece who you don't plan on having there for more than, you know, this year, worst case scenario, not the right move. So and just talking about winning games, I mean, the one game he did play, they lost to Toronto. I'm not saying that's the reason whoa, why. Whoa, 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 whoa. Coincidence there, eh? Just saying. He's played one game and they lost to Toronto. Hey there, buddy. Just saying. Uh, Look, it, it, it's sad because Ja, again, he popped off his rookie year, dropped like 17 and 10 with no effort. Mm-hmm. And now he, he's gone to vegan Ja. He's transformed his body. He's slimmed down. He's quicker. The effort is, it looked like it was there a little bit in, in, the, in the short bits we got to see, but they still are going away from him. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to raise his value anymore at this point. So really, it's just like if they can get a late one or a, a couple of twos maybe, I, I see something similar to like the Nerlens deal. I don't even know if that's going to be. I don't even know if they have that much value on him because Nerlens still you, had you know control on him. Where Ja now, I mean, it's it's pretty much declined. And and this is what I want to bring up is someone yeah. on Reddit. Uh, we're going to shout out a uh, user Alaric one or twelve twenty four. Ah, I hate re- reading totally. Reddit usernames. It's the worst. Why couldn't it just be like Steve? <laughs> Steve from Delaware. Um, <laughs> but it's not Steve from Delaware. He's a Jazz fan. He said the Sixers should probably buy him out to save cash because no team really wants Okafor and is going to give up much to get him because they now turned down his option to close a loophole in the CBA. Any team that trades for him now will not be able to sign him for more than six million a year as a free agent in the offseason. If a team trades for Okafor, they presumably think they can reclaim his value based on the potential that they made the third pick in the draft. So any team that trades for him will get stuck with a catch twenty-two. They trade for him, and he's good enough to play for another. Uh, and, and he's good enough for another team to pay him more than six million a year. Then they will lose him in free agency, and they lost assets with little gain. If they trade for him, and he's not good enough for another team uh, to pay him more than six million a year, they were, would would be able to retain him in free agency, but probably not worth the assets given up for him. It's a lose-lose situation for an Okafor trade. So really, the only I mean, and all these teams know it. So yeah. the pretty much real situation that the 76ers have is to buy him out. So I don't think they're getting a one. I think that's kind of far I figured if it was like a crazy team like, you know, San Antonio would turn like pick 26 into uh, Julia Okafor. Pop's not stupid. If anyone could turn Pop, if anyone could turn him around, it would not yeah, be Pop. Yeah, and he'd do it for like a can of beans. I mean. Pop's not stupid. The, the real fear I'm having right now is, is two men. Garpax. Do you think that they're going to actually trade for him, though? Or do you think that now... Like, hold my beer mode. We're going to get a job. But at least... Bring him home. Do you think that they're going to probably wait until he's bought out? I mean, do you think that we're ultimately going to see a buyout, or do you think we're going to see a trade? I am horrified that we will see a trade. (laughs) Is that because you're a Bulls fan? (laughs) Yes, it's because I'm a Bulls fan. Do you think that's the number one landing spot for him? I'm just trying to think of teams that fit, and right now, like, best fit for Ja would be San Antonio. It's a place where he can... um, Spend time, learn the fundamentals. You will get the best out of him there. And I think that, honestly, would be a great fit for you him. You get to learn under LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol. I mean, you have best bigs. It's just ideal situation. But at the same time, I can see teams who are just looking to, you know, poke around, see if he's still got any talent left in him at 22. You know, is he washed up already? Uh, can he fit his system? I see Garpax being, you know, again, idiots in the room. Who are like we can get we can get this? Like you thought, Chris Dunn. 
Oh, we're going even better. Chris Dunn, okay. First Chris off, Dunn's actually looked good. I, I want to, like, relax. He played <laughs> one season behind Ricky Rubio on a terrible defensive team. I know. But Ja, I mean, do you think there's a lot much left in him? Because I we, think Ja still think that got value. But do you think that we've seen everything we've seen? So whatever you're getting and trading for, you, this is what you're getting Julia Oka for. Do you think that there's possibly more that we can see from Ja? Or do you think, I like, think he can still develop his game. Like, the, the, the big thing with Ja was, uh, well, there was a couple of things with Ja. It was the effort he was showing in his early years already. He was, because already, he was playing a shitty Sixers team. Uh, the problem is you're playing on a demoralized the, team where you were told your plan is to lose. Yeah. It's hard to be motivated. But then what if you go to the Bulls? I mean, this is a team that your plan is Same not situation. to lose, but your team fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the plan is arguable. I don't think the Bulls are we're, we're Sam Hinking But I don't think the Bulls are Sam Hinking this. But also, I mean, this is still a team that's terrible and going to Sam Hinkie it whether they're trying or not. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But that would at least give him back to the volume levels that he was looking that he was looking at his rookie year. So, you know, him with volume, him now as a leaner version of himself, I think the next thing he needs to work on is honestly his basketball IQ. Like, we've seen it so much. He was... I The problem is I keep looking back at the days of college when he was such a dominant force, when he was a great passer out of the post. Yeah, and remember, he was like seven feet tall and super and playing lean against, and playing yeah. against like, you know, and, and this is like Will Chamberlain against the The problem like the is, it's like guys. him in the post and it looks smooth and then you watch him in the NBA and he's just like standing there palming the ball like 18 feet out and you're like, go ahead and shoot, I, I dare you. Mm-hmm. I dare because you're not going to do anything else. Well, and when you talk about basketball too, what IQ, what exactly are you saying? Like, what, what, what parts of his game need to develop? Are you saying just like Literally shot his, taking like, or like what exactly needs to be developed? On, his decision making with it. the ball is one of the biggest things because he, it seems like he has been, I don't know whether he learned it or whether he was told, like for some reason he turned off the ability to pass out of the low post. Mm-hmm. Like he gets the ball and he just thinks it's, back to the basket, back somebody down, and try to go over a shoulder or make a spin move on him or something. And I get it. It worked out for you great for so long in your life that you have to adjust to playing against a high-level competition and knowing that that's not always the most effective play. And because you are such a force, and with, again, he has still some of the best low post moves in the NBA, and he's 22. Mm -hmm. Like, he's such a good scorer at that aspect. The problem is it's not always the right play. And he needs to know when to pass out of it. And for some reason, he, like, turned that off. And one thing, do you think that maybe going to a team and, and possibly a change, change of scenery could be the biggest thing for him? It absolutely you, could. you look at what he said today, or I think it was a day ago. He came out and said, I try to be professional. I would continue to be professional. But at some point, I have to defend myself. And this is my career. I'm not sure if Colangelo um, cares about that. And I think it's evident at this point. Now we're seeing Isaiah Thomas come out today, say, man, they're acting like Julio Okafor. Don't got game. Let the man go and rock out for somebody else. Crazy how they're doing him. So, I mean, yeah. looking at this. Obviously, you know, they're constraining them because they want to get as much value and they don't want to buy them out. But it looks like buyout's probably their best option for them. And I feel like, I mean, we've seen this plenty of times before, mm-hmm. a change of scenery is going to do a player great. And like you said, the skills are there. Yeah. But then again, the biggest thing that I worry about is the skills can be there. But then again, this is a guy playing, you know, 20 years late. I mean, this is a guy that has great low post moves. Cool. Yeah. How much is that doing for the you know New Orleans Pelicans right now with Anthony Davis and Boogie, who have the best low post moves, can also stretch it out and still aren't you know above five hundred. I mean, this is a team yeah. right now that you, they have two of the best down low players in the league. I think, the, and they're versatile as well. Yeah. And they're not able to win games with two guys. I mean, you know, Ja. I don't think the real point is you're I, bringing I them the to win. Your one can't be a big. And I think that's where we're kind of... And I don't at. think Jaws, you know, going to be brought in anywhere. And if he does get bought, no, I think, brought in, yeah. I don't think he's going to be a one anywhere. But no. still, I think the fact that you're going to be bringing in a guy that, you know, we don't know about his basketball IQ, and then you're trying to rely on him as like a two or a three option where he's going to be able to pass out of the down, you know, down low in the post mm-hmm. and be able to a second scoring option, and you're worried about his basketball IQ... I don't know if he's actually going to be able to do that because he's probably going to be playing more for a contract next year rather than you know trying to win. A There's team that chance, games. but I think he has to realize that like again, if he gets the opportunity to play this year, it shouldn't be about him trying to stats up. It should be about him trying to show he's grown, mm-hmm. and that's the difference. Is teams, yeah, stat lines are great and all for like people who don't watch games, but like as a scout, as a player talent manager, you need to see growth out of a player. If not, you're just like. Yeah, it's great. He played garbage time and continued to rack up points. Same thing he did his rookie year. Same thing Michael Carr Williams did his rookie year. Mm-hmm. There, there's talent there, but there's nothing we can use. And finally, just what do you think is going to ultimately happen? Is it going to be a trade or a buyout for Jeff? <sighs> See, I didn't know the information when you read out the buyout stuff. I still feel like they're going to gun for a trade somehow because someone will give them a two 
like a, a, a top ten in the second round pick, probably. I don't even know about that. I, I feel know. like they're gonna get the Celtics have two, like nineteen gonna, picks, right? If they get a two, they're gonna get like twelve years from now. And it's the Celtics be like have like how many picks? Um, I mean, you think the Celtics are the best move for them? No, but I'm just saying they've got a lot of ammo. That doesn't matter though. You're gonna bring in a player that doesn't fit with your system. You're not planning on playing. What's the point of that? The, so you, the again, is, it's like the Celtics, like oh, or it's like the Cavs, like oh, it's bringing talent. Yeah, like I don't know exactly how Ja helps that team, but I, I you think need like a Venn diagram. People who can, people who are like able to afford tossing away a pick on something that has a very low probability of paying off, but if it does, it could be great. I think. And then those who actually need him. What's going to happen is he gets bought out, and it's going to be some crappy team at the bottom of the barrel that's just looking for some you know player down the road that could help them, and that's going to pick him up. So maybe Atlanta picks him up, Chicago picks him up. Um, maybe New York takes a shot at him, even though they Brooklyn. don't need him. I don't know about Brooklyn, to be honest with you. I don't think Brooklyn's going to be the best. But like Sacramento, maybe. Yeah, I think like it's going to be a bottom shoot team, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to see how he, he does um, after a buyout. But I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I don't think any team's going to give up any value for him because there's no value to trade for him um, because then again, like if he plays well, you're not going to be able to bring him back. And if he doesn't play well, you're going to have to sign him for, you know, a, a pretty hefty contract that you mm. could be brought up by a guy that, you know, maybe like a Kyle Kuzma guy that you take in the second round and he just comes out and balls out. Late one. Like, I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, this could be a, a guy that takes up a roster space and, and gets rid of a guy that could really, yeah. you know, flourish for your team. So, ultimately... He's still two. He's 22. Kuzma's 23 saying, or 24? I'm not saying he doesn't have I mean, talent, but Kuzma is a guy Kuzma who's ready for this NBA. I know. He's a guy who could shoot threes. Jai, I know, and I love Kuzma. Jai needs to work on his basketball IQ, has been in legal trouble before getting fights in Boston. He might have punched out a guy. And I'm just, I'm just saying. And he also and, missed some games, too. Yeah, and he's been in His health concerns. So I, I think that Ja, while he might have talent, I don't think he's going to be able to showcase it anytime soon because I think that if a trade happens, it's not going to happen until February, January. Oh, and really? if, if a buyout happens, it's not going to be until like December or January. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But we will see. Hopefully, Ja gets to be able to play. Free Ja. At some point. Free Ja. Um, and, and use that hashtag free jaw. Yep. Uh, and, and also let us know in the comments down below where Jaleel Okafor, I can't keep saying Ja, where Jaleel <laughs> Okafor is going to end up at the end of the season. Are they, they going to buy him out? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to get rid of Ja? Where's Ja going to be? But, anyways, let's jump into our final topic. It's on the Orlando Magic. The 6 and 2 Magic are absolutely on fire. Currently, one, two straight over Memphis and New Orleans. They also have wins over Cleveland and San Antonio. This team, somehow they lost to Brooklyn and Charlotte, too, even though Charlotte's going to be a playoff this year. Um, but still, this team's 6-2, and two, probably the surprise so far of the NBA. They've been fantastic. Even the games they lost, they only lost to seven uh, by Charlotte. And then also you look at the Brooklyn game, only lost to five or by five. So yep. looking at this team so far, they've been fantastic. Do you think this is a legit thing? Because you said they were Oakleys last I called week. It, I called it. Are you still sticking with the Oakleys? I am. I mean, I it's am. only eight games, Dave. Ten starters. Ten they starters. have 10 starters. That's the joke. We get it. But, yep. like, are those 10 starters for real, and can they make a cohesive play? I, you know what? I want to say... I, I'm still rocking yes. Like, I've not been... I've not seen anything that makes me afraid. None of these games are fluky. There have been outstanding performances by individual players, but at the mm-hmm. same time, they've figured out how to use a three ball and their offense, which has just been huge for them this year. Massive spike. Um... And just the player gain out of Fournier, Gordon, Vucevic, and, and Jonathan Simmons, honestly, like quiet guy on the team, but he's been a great glue guy for them. He's been able to carry them through some lulls in their offense, good on defense. Like he has just been fantastic. Well, and one thing too, they're doing this with mostly without Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's been banged up a little bit, only played two games so yeah. far with a hamstring injury. And DJ Augustine stepped up and has been pretty damn good for him so far. Yeah, Leading the team assist, averaging eight a game. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but then again, he's been decent so far. So, serviceable. I yeah. mean, DJ Augustine has been a nice you know, step in for them as well. And one thing that I've really seen is really the defense has stepped up for the Orlando Magic. And we talked about this last year, um, that Frank Vogel, like obviously a defensive coach, did this with the, yep. the Indiana Pacers when he was their coach there. And he was a defensive-minded coach. He has guys that you look at who they drafted, bring in Jonathan Isaac, a guy who's a versatile defender. They bring in Jonathan Simmons, versatile defender. I mean, they brought in guys, Bismack Biombo as well, is a, is, a, is a rim protector. You can I laugh all you want, but I he's still... I can't not laugh he's, from his name. He's still a rim, rim protector. So, I mean, they brought guys around him that are going to fit into the system. Aaron Gordon's athletic enough to be a decent defender. Nikola Vucevic was really dog shit, you know, early on in his Ooh. career. 
defensively, but don't hold really, back now, Sean. But, but has stepped up. And, and I'm going to give credit to Nikola Vucevic so far defensively. And Evan Fournier, I mean, I don't think he's you know a stopper out there, but he hasn't been bad defensively. And you yeah. see this where they're able to hold their opponents. I mean, I think the Spurs game they, were, they held them to under 29 percent from the field shooting. They've really been able to staunch opponents defensively, and then also be able to provi- provide you know career games from guys like Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, uh, Evan Fournier as well. I mean, this team so far has looked decent. I don't know how far they can go, but honestly, I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. But I think coming down to earth might mean they're you know a fifth, sixth, maybe even a fourth seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. It's the East, year. like they're. Yeah, it's I, weird saying. I want to throw up. Yeah, you want to throw up? It's weird saying that the Orlando Magic probably could be a fourth seed. You know, you know this complimentary piece style at defense style. Right? You got T. Ross and you got mm-hmm. Mo Spates. You do two guys who can just make it rain. Which well, and is you got Mo awesome. Spates with at least you know uh, experience as well in the playoffs. Oh, he does for, from from does. Golden State. So I mean, looking at it, I mean, I think I, they've I, kind of like weirdly collected a, a good roster. And I know ten stars deep, we give him shit. And Mario Hazonia is never going to be worth you know fucking He's anything. Been garbage. Booty. Uh, but the thing is, is that they've got a good balance of offense and defense. The question that I've been surprised by so far is, like you said, DJ Augustine stepping in. But can it last? I think so. I think they've got everything. Like I said, the wins haven't been fluky. The performances look fairly sustainable. I know you're not going to get 40 a night from guys like Vucevic or Fournier, but you're going to get... I mean, right now they level out to 22 from Fournier, which yep. I think that's probably exactly where he could be. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been a guy that could, you know, been around 20 throughout his whole career. He's, right. he's shown that scoring ability. Aaron Gordon has shown the ability. I mean, he was a high draft pick. He really hasn't been able to show that scoring ability, but now he's really showing it to a high peak. Mm-hmm. We have always seen the athleticism from, from obviously, and Vucevic has always been around 19 points. So, True. I mean, the contributions that they're getting from the top three are pretty sustainable. I think it's really the percentages that will go down. I mean, I think currently the, as a team, they're shooting like near 50% from three. That's going <laughs> to go down. Yeah. But ov- overall, I mean, this is a team, I'm sorry, 44% from three, but it's still going to go down. But still, this team so far has put out a really great effort out there. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, they're going to be a sleeper to win a championship or anything, but damn sure they could be a playoff team so far the way they've been playing. And I think the one thing that I'm worried about, though, is if they, you know, have this great of a start, I still don't see star potential in any of these guys. I don't think Evan Fournier is a star. I don't think Aaron Gordon is a star. I don't think Nikola Vucevic is a star. I could be wrong on that, but like yeah. when I look back at a Vogel team, I saw a Paul George anchor team. That was your star, and even then, that wasn't enough to get them past LeBron James. That wasn't enough to get them to an NBA Finals, and that's what got Frank Vogel fired. I think yeah. one thing that Orlando Magic fans you know, have to look at is I don't think any of these guys are a number one. I think they're all decent number twos. Vucevic is probably a, a good three on a team. Um, but overall, I think this team you know could be a playoff team. But I don't think we see anything else unless they start drafting you know well and bringing in these star players to really you know be ones on this team. And I think one guy they passed up on was Dennis Smith that could be could have been a potential one. However, I don't think the pick in Isaac was bad because that is a Frank Vogel guy. However, yeah. I think one thing you need to bring in is a guy who could be a number one. So looking at this, I mean, do you think that a hot start is kind of hurting them because this is kind of taking them away from a higher draft pick? Or do you feel like with the players that they have, they should be a playoff team and they should be in this position? Are they going to reverse Miami Heat us this year and lose like 30 games in the <laughs> second half? I mean, I don't expect that to happen. Okay. Uh, I, I don't. I agree with you in the fact that they don't have a declared number one yet. Do you think any of these guys can be a number one? I don't know. Do you think Evan Fournier could be one? It's between Aaron Fournier Gordon? and Gordon, and honestly, Fournier is a really good shooter. Gordon is pretty damn intense and athletic, but I don't want to give either one of them the like all clear yet. Are you saying both of them are going to shoot 55% from three? I'm saying that's probably not going to continue. Yeah, but, I mean, even I, that, I, I don't look, see him as number ones, even with the stuff they're on. The thing is, is do you really need a number one on a balanced team? How far can they go? Like, but what's is, what's is your expectation? Big, if your expectation right. is to make the playoffs, then no, you don't need a number one. Yeah, yeah fine. Uh, I think the expectation is how far can this team go in the playoffs? And yeah, it sounds stupid to talk about this at you know eight games in the season, but East, they're going to make the playoffs most likely unless they collapse hilariously, or like they're, an injury. Yeah, or an injury, but even if they, you know, get have an injury, because they're such a close knit team and there's no one standout star, are you really that afraid? Yeah, they got wings for days. If they lose a guy like Aaron Gordon or a guy like Vucevic, I mean, those guys, while they're not number ones, I mean, it's still going to hurt this team immensely. Yeah, and I think I look at this, and it's something that's definitely going to hurt them. Um, especially like if a guy like Aaron Gordon goes down, who brings so much intensity, he's also been bringing decent three point shooting, has also bring the athleticism. I think that's going to be hard to replace. But even that, I don't think they have enough off the bench to really pick up the slack if they do lose a guy like Vucevic 
or Gordon. I think that obviously, you know, off the bench, Simmons has been really good and Simmons mm-hmm. has been playing well for them, but I don't think he's going to be able to take it up, you know, five more points per game, even with, you know, a, a higher usage. And then even then, Terrence Ross has to step up and bring scoring. I just feel like if they lose one of the big three, and it's not even that big of a three, I still feel like they're going to be hurt significantly. But if they stay healthy, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do against guys, you know, teams like the Bucks. Teams like Washington, teams like Boston, and teams like the Cavs as well if they make it yeah. to the playoffs in a seven-game series. So looking at least you know at, at the two big dogs, looking at the Cavs, how do you feel like they match up against a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers if they do make the playoffs and if they can keep this going, which we both think they can? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they can. The, the big question there is, you know, which Cavs we're going to see. We're going to see what we expect out of the Cavs or what they are right now, and they're at different levels. The Cavs right now, I honestly think that, yeah, Orlando can put up a really good fight because... They match up decently well size-wise, and defensively they're on a different level than the Cavs. And that's the problem is Cavs don't play defense. And even with Isaiah Thomas going back, that's not exactly a defensive bonus right there. No, it's not, but so, you're at least going to get the offensive scoring. And true. then you're, you're going to have Isaiah Thomas at the point. You're going to have J.R. Smith outside for shooting. Um, which they he have ever done, gets his confidence which, back. Yeah, and which they have done a, a very decent job only holding opponents to, I think, like 33% from three. Um, and then they also, obviously, you know, LeBron is going to be an offensive nightmare. Kaya Love is going to be an offensive nightmare. And then if Thompson's healthy, he's at least you know going to be some challenge think, there. I, I think the depth... The 10-man roster uh, wins out for the Magic. Do you like their cohesiveness? You, wait, you're saying that you're, the Magic <laughs> will win at 7? <laughs> Just want to see how long it would take you to, like... Uh, no, I mean, the, the problem is, what we're watching from the Cavs right now isn't really... Who yeah, we, it's garbage, but yeah. I mean, what we're right, watching right now from the Magic is them over-succeeding. I right? Think. So, it, from what we've seen right now, is it hard to say, it's hard to say that in a 7-game series with the way the teams are playing right now, starting series tomorrow, you wouldn't think the Magic can win a seven-game series. I, I don't think that's I where we're going to be. I the Cavs easy. I don't think if, that's where if, we're going to be at the end of the if year. If you asked me if it was a seven-game series between the Cavs and Magic, Mag- Starting Magic, tomorrow. Magic, I'm proud of what you're doing, guys. But LeBron's going to turn it on. He's already playing 37 minutes a night. Okay, he'll play 45. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> LeBron's a cyborg. And, yeah, Jonathan Simmons is good defensively, but he's not quite level to yeah, stop Jonathan LeBron. Jonathan Simmons, and you have... I mean, Jay Isaac probably won't be on him. But yeah, we're going to put Jonathan Isaac, a rookie, on fucking LeBron. Let's see how that We've works. We've seen other Jay- rookies. Yeah, Jalen Brown didn't do that great of a job. He, 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 he did good for a rookie, but hey. he didn't do that great of a job. They still lost that series in six. Or I in mean, five, whatever they did. Yeah, yeah, get it right. Um, but no, honestly, I, I, I do think that the Cavs would probably win out. They're just out talent at teams in, in a series. But right now, I think matchup-wise... I, I like what the Magic are doing. But how do, how do they a great match mix. up at least with the cat? Like, like, like position by position, do you think they have enough to like stop have, and slow down? They lose LeBron? a point guard by instantly having DJ Augustine. If Alf Payton is healthy, they're closer, but it's still not even. I mean, Payton's on a defensive stopper. I know, but he he's a consistently slight. I, I'd call him an average point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll go with average. So. It's not the end of the world, him versus D. Rose right now. I mean, that's that's basically a wash in my mind. Uh, at the two guard, come on, really? I mean, Fournier's got to beat by a long shot. Yeah. Three is a toss-up. Um, the three is a toss-up? Just a little bit, just a, just a smidge of a toss-up. Well, the problem is you're saying that you're going to run <laughs> Tristan Thompson at the five, which is not what they're doing. Okay, well... So everybody slides over one. Okay. So LeBron James is your four. Obviously, he wins so out. So Crowder versus yeah. Right now, it'd be Crowder versus uh, what Ross. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like I, I like Crowder maybe a little better, but I think Ross has potential to go off. Honestly, we haven't seen the best of Ross this year yet. So you think Aaron Gordon has enough to slow down LeBron James? Christ, no. Okay. I'm slow a, slow down is I'm a is a relative term though. Vucevic versus I mean, if he K-Love. holds up to twenty four six and six. That's pretty good that's for not uh, happening. How do you think they match up with Boston, Washington? I think I think Milwaukee with the Greek Freak. Well, all right, let's let's just easy sort of. Washington's been night and day. Mm-hmm. They they've lost to terrible teams. They've looked good against good teams. And I think the, I don't know what to make of them. And I think the depth of the Magic would help them there because Washington doesn't have that depth. Right, right. Basically, they have Kelly Oubre as their you know he's he's partial starter right now, but he's also like their bench core. So honestly, the Washington matchup scares me though because. You have two amazing guards mm-hmm. in Bradley Beal and John Wall. Gortat, who is still performing pretty well, and then it's just like Ubre can live up, and then Porter, contract worth it so far, so good, but you know, it's eight games in. Yeah. I don't know. They're actually very close in my mind. I Wizards usually give the advantage magic. to the guards because that's 
cigar-driven league, so I'm mm-hmm. going to go with the Wizards in that matchup. But consistency-wise, they haven't been there this year. And with the Bucks, the Bucks, Giannis is going to lose. I I, I really? love Giannis. Yeah, I love Giannis, but he's got a weaker supporting cast, and that's the thing. Like, yes, you have one star, and he is head over, you know, way out of there, like way above everybody else. But the problem is, is the drop off from Giannis to your second best player, and right now because Jabari is out, that's Chris Middleton. Yes, he did pop off the other night for like 42, 7, 45. Seven. Six and three or something. Numbers like are hard for me. I'm sorry, yeah. people. It's okay. Um, not 45, seven, 45, seven, and five, I think. It was quiet. Something it like it was quiet, and it was almost overshadowed by Moist Monk in the fourth, dropping mm-hmm. like 20. 25, so, he dropped. Well, in, in the fourth, I think oh, he dropped yeah. 18. But that, my point being, when your second best player is Chris Mid, and you can get a performance out of him like that, but up to that point, he looked very underwhelming. It was eight games. Yeah, and again, small <laughs> step sets. We, gotta, we have to extrapolate the information we've got so far. And what I'm saying is, guys who but Aaron no, Gordon's career, Fournier, he's been bad in October. Chris Middleton, he's, he's just not been amazing. Period. I mean, everybody's like, he's going to take the next step, and I'm like, nah, he's, he's kind of just a. I think he's. he's I don't think anyone good. said that he's taking the next step. I mean, what I see from Chris Middleton is a decent three and D player, and he's going to you know bring you 18 and you know seven or something like that. And I we'll feel see. like that's that's better than what you're going to get. Out. Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Vucevic, those three together, plus defense of Jonathan Simmons. I like the Magic matchup better. I think that while Giannis is an unstoppable force, he is just one man versus a 10-deep roster. So you take... I take the Magic against the Bucks right now. And then now. with the Celtics final team. Uh, the Celtics is scary because, like, I don't know if they're real. And for different reasons than, like, we were joking around about, like, the Suns and other teams. But, like, look, Jalen Brown on the court has been amazing. And that team is... I think it, I saw some stat on Reddit, like, plus 65 or something with him on the court, minus six with him off. And Jayte has been great. Kyrie, obviously, can't carry team on his own, but he's still a very good player. I'm a little worried. Like That matchup, I would favor Celtics still. Um, so why, what exactly worries you about it? Honestly, it, like what, it's... What about the Orlando Magic worries you about the Celtics matchup? The, the big thing for me is, again, you have the better point guard, you have the better big, and now Horford, as far as what he can do across the board. I know Vucevic is a better score. Yeah, mm-hmm. Score. But I just want to clarify that because I, you know, offensive player, score. Whatever. Uh, Al Horford gets the ball moving. He is an excellent pick and roll player, pick and pop player. He's just um, a much more versatile player than Vucevic is and more impactful to that team. So I like their 1-5. And then I think with what you're getting out of people like Marcus Smart, uh, Terry Rozier, and honestly... The, the, what, wor- what worries about you, the, the Celtics? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you're the one naming the, the things you like. Oh, why, why would the Magic beat them? Yeah, no, I'm saying what what, what worries you? Because you're saying you're not sure what to make I'm picking the Celtics. The Cel- I'm picking the Celtics. Yeah, but what worries you in because that matchup? Because they're getting good results so far out no, of their No, what worries players. you in that matchup for, if you're the I'm Celtics? I'm so confused. If you if, if you're the Boston Celtics. Celtics and you're saying, oh, we have to play the Orlando Magic, I'm worried about X. I mean, slowing down Aaron Gordon is literally it. Because okay, so you, you haven't seen much out of Jason Tatum. You don't think the Morris can do it when he comes back? The Morris? Yeah, the Morris. Um, it's one of them. Yeah, it is one of them. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, like, he's going to bring physicality. He's going to bring you know some grit. That's down great. There. But like between Fournier and Gordon, like you can put, you have a great defensive stopper at guard. You don't have one who can really keep up with him. That's all I'm thinking. But if the one guy that's going to beat you is Aaron Gordon, and you're shut, you know, you're slowing down a guy like Vucevic, and you're able to you know slow a guy down in Fournier with a guy like Jalen Brown. Well, they can't I really. really like the question up. is defensively, they don't really slow down Vucevic. That's the thing. El Horford isn't terrible. He's not great. He's not great. Vucevic is going to get like 11, 12 boards a night against him. You know, you just got to feast on it. But well, Aaron Gordon will as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. So my concern is. If I'm the Magic and I want to beat them, you have to win that down-low matchup. You have to focus on it because offensively you're going to get roasted at guard, and I don't know that you have a real great answer to the defense that uh, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think That tandem is just overachieving all of my expectations. Right I now. think the Celtics kick the Magic ass right now. I don't care yeah. what's going on right now. I look at the Celtics so far. Tyree's been great. Al Horford's been great. You look at, like you mentioned, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they've been great. And I feel mm-hmm. like you know that, that that defense and the shooting for Orlando is going to drop off at some point, and I don't yeah. think you're going to get the same exact contribution that you're getting. It's going to be a decent contribution, but even then, I feel like it's going to slow down. And then when you boil down to it, Kyrie has the experience there. Al Horford has the experience. This Magic team doesn't. I feel like the Celtics beat him in 
probably six if we're looking at it currently. Yeah, uh, I think the Wizards probably beat them as well. I think it's pro- that one could possibly go to seven. Um, but you, you know, again, bring up the fact with Wall and Beal. But I, I think you bring up a great point with the, the the Bucks, and you look at that, and you know the the great thing that the Magic bring is perimeter defense, and you know Giannis can drive all day. But mm-hmm. if he's being shut down and his weapons outside are being shut down, like Chris Middleton, like um, Malcolm Brogdon, that's really going to slow that team down. And I feel like that's going to be a, a point of emphasis that the Magic could beat them in, and they also have a deeper team. I feel like that's going to be a way that the Magic could beat the Bucks. So I, I feel like ultimately this team could probably finish four, five, or six if they in get the a Eastern four, Do you think they can take it to the second round? Do you think they can win a matchup over a, a five seed or a... You know, in that range, would you yeah, feel comfortable? I think, comfortable? If they, I think they get if they so get basically, so, you're just saying Celtics are a death match. So are the Cavs. Yeah, Celtics and Cavs are the the for sure death they, match. Are you worried about just, you know the Raptors? Even though they've been yeah, a little stuck out of the game. I would I would say that like I feel like they're going to be in competition. I feel like the teams that are for sure are going to be the Cavs, Celtics, mm-hmm. Magic, Bucks, <laughs> uh, and then Raptors uh, and Wizards. And, yep. and you got those teams. And I think those teams so far are pretty much. I don't want to say locks for the playoffs because obviously the injuries can happen, but yep. if, we're, if we're seeing what we're seeing so far, I think the Cavs are obviously going to turn around. I think that other teams are going to be able to you know, keep it in there with the talent they have. Um, I feel like Orlando and Toronto could be an interesting matchup, um, but with Valanciunas' injury, um, their probably lack of ability to stop DeMar DeRozan, and then also we look at the guard, I'll take Kyle Lowry over um, any of the other players, and also you look at Serge Ibaka. Defensively, he's great, and he might be able to slow down Aaron Gordon, so I feel like that might be uh, a troubling matchup as well for the Magic as well. So yeah, like three teams to avoid, but you feel pretty good about them in most other matchups. I feel like I feel like I feel pretty decent against the. That's got to be the highest praise from you about the Magic in ages. You guys, Magic fans, make, you might, save this clip. You might make it to the second round. Congratulations! But it's also only eight what games. What in the I'm world? Not, I'm not saying shit. You guys. It's eight games so it's far. It's eight games, and it's overreaction time. It's hot take time. It is true. Anyways, let us know your hot take about the Orlando Magic down in the comments below. Um, Nikola Vucevic is not even is like straight up, straight up, not even. No, like you gotta add a you gotta add a second for Draymond. Maybe, maybe cash considerations yeah, can you, uh, join in on that. Cash cash considerations, Jordan Bell and Draymond Green for Vucevic. Well, and that's then just we his nickname. That. I just then, refer to Jordan Bell as cash. Then considerations. Then we could do straight up. And, yeah. then, and we'll talk about it. But let us know your hot takes about the Orlando Magic down in the comments below. That's going to wrap it up for the Fast Break. If you want to check out Fast Break OT Edition, we're going to be talking about Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, and shopping those boys around. That's on YouTube. If you're listening on Block Talk Radio, thank you so much for checking us out. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to rate five stars on Fast Break. Also, since you're here, uh, let us know your rating about uh, you know the the onside kick, the primetime podcast, Rick and Johnny yeah. on iTunes, and drop the five stars. And also patreon.com slash podcast is where you can help us out, help us grow, and you can also be on a podcast if you check out that ten dollar tier. But we also got some fun stuff like monthly Patreon podcasts. Ricky and Dave just did theirs for November. Uh, I think it was fun from what I've heard. You guys it messed good, up recording. It was good story times, yeah. Uh, you guys messed up recording a little bit, but it still ended up being a good podcast. So if you guys want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash podcast. But for Dave Oster. I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.